Are You There, God? It's us, Sid King and Becca Stevenson. Welcome to the Good Girls Gone Sad podcast, where we unpack our childhood drama and try to figure out why we are the way we are. We're here to answer the questions, what made you good and what makes you sad? Today's guest is Adam Van Adder. He is a triple Leo, very important, an actor and a model and a performer at Disney and Universal in Orlando. He was not a comedian, but he was a high school improv champion and he really wanted us to point that out. Oh, I should not have put gum in my mouth. I'm literally talking to a microphone. Bold choice. Good girls gone sad. Girl, good girls go ASMR. That's what this is. <laughs> I'm literally, I'm such a bad girl. I'm like, let's well, put it I was just gum. impressed that you were going to like try to talk and chew gum at the same time. I could never. Did you ever have oh. the concept in your family of a gum attitude? Like if we were chewing gum and like <laughs> having a little bit of like a little sass, my mom would be like, you need to spit that out. You're having gum attitude. Like get that no. out of your mouth. Yeah. That's hilarious. Like, if you're chewing gum, you're inclined to be disrespectful. And honestly, she was right. Because I'd be snacking on my gum right and now, being because... absurd. If I was in like an audition or something and like be a bad girl I would immediately pop my imaginary gum no I literally saw a TikTok about this the other day this is so funny it was like a person who she was saying like when you're taught to like look cool like in dance or whatever and you're in the background she was like my teacher always said look like you're chewing gum and I was like this is literally like Rosalia (laughs) I feel like it's that whole you know what I'm talking about and it was just so funny because she was like she like saw somebody do it and was like oh my god that's like you know, it looks sassy 101 as you pretend like you're chewing gum. Yeah. Or never a like, that. Like, oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. Like, check your nails. Or or like a compact mirror. Yeah. I feel like we would do mm-hmm. that. It's well, like, like if you don't know your lines, you say like watermelon, cantaloupe, cantaloupe and watermelon. If you're trying to have a mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. Very that. You gotta yes. know your little tricks. Oh my gosh. Well, I think we should dive, dare I say, right in. Oh my gosh, welcome Adam Van Adder. So excited to be here. Big friend of the pod. Huge friend of the pod. Day one we fan. Love it. Um, Sid texted me and was like, do you want to be on Good Girls? And I, well, first of all, I audibly screamed. I was driving, almost crashed, like screamed. And second of all, I was like, did New York City run out of comedians? Like, are we reaching this low? Like, are we just going through the phone book now and just seeing who's available? I'll take it. Well, theoretically, we don't only talk no. to comedians, know, but in practice, I know. Practice. <laughs> we're sure we talk to a lot of comedians. But so it's here, so sad. Like so many good girls gone sad become comedians for obvious mm-hmm. reasons. So it's the pipeline. Yeah. yeah. But you're a comedian of sorts. You're I'm a funny. performer. I am a performer and I'm proud mm-hmm. to say it. I do it as my job. I love it. It's exciting. I don't have like a side job. Like my job is my day job. And that's really cool. Like that's that is really cool. What's my dream job when I was in high school? That was like what I wanted to do. I wanted to perform and like that be it. It's a little weird what I do, but it's a little fun. Fun is important. Um, so I am an Orlando, Florida based performer. So I work for the big parks. I perform at both Walt Disney World and Universal Studios. Um, at Disney World, I am a character performer. And that is about all I can say. But you can fill in the blanks of what I do aside from that. I've got lots of friends. I'm friends with some 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 big celebrities. Some really mm-hmm. tall people. You're friends with some really, really tall people. Really tall people. Like I would say <laughs> five ten to six three. 
that, I, <laughs> those are the people you're my friends. friends. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I am not picking up what you're putting down at all. <laughs> I'll, I'll shoot you a text. You can text me later. I'm literally I'm, like, tell people, are you like, a rocket? You can't actually see okay. this, but like off Especially. the camera right here, Mickey Mouse is like staring at me like with a knife. <laughs> and he's like, you say one word out of line and you're done. So sorry, mm-hmm. Michael. Also, I don't speak for the brand of the company. It's we've laid the ground no, rules. No, Anyways, no. Um, Universal, love them. Talk about anything I want. I am a um just like a I don't know what the word, I'm just a performer for Universal. I do, I work for Marquee Events and Marquee um does Halloween Horror Nights, Universal Holiday, and Mardi Gras. So I just finished Universal Mardi Gras Parade. Um, I got to be a slutty little glittery unicorn and just dance down the streets of Universal Studios and act a fool. Um, so that was really cool. I was named at the end of the run. I was named performer of the year. So that was like, really exciting. Like, Congratulations. Out of, out of the whole, all the, all the peoples, the whole cast, Universal Studios, they said, you, stupid head, that's you. Yeah. Oh my God, wait, what wow. does that mean though? Like, what do they give? Like, so, what? Your little plaque I, like a little I have a little plaque I have a little oh. uh like statue of a unicorn with my name on it and it says like Adam Van Adder like Mardi Gras 2023 I have a little plaque it's like kind of cute and then like it basically because I'm how I'm homed to marquee events but you have to re-audition for every single event even though like I'm in their pool of people um so I basically have like they just know who I am pretty much and they're like that's a good egg I technically would have like priority casting for next Mardi Gras if they actually follow through with that which would be great would do it again so much fun mm-hmm. um so yeah that's Universal and then I also so Disney Universal and then random gigs as most performers know you just take the gigs that you can do um so I am currently working on the modeling worlds and modeling some um, I just had my first like major modeling gig. I uh, modeled for Paul Mitchell, which is like a hair, yeah. hair company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we know. So we love you Paul have Mitchell. great hair. Thank we can you. tell from here. Ginger mm-hmm. King for all those listening. Um, being a ginger is a part of my good girl origin story. We will get to that. Love it. Um, it re- and oh my God, it is. <laughs> it is. It really is. Um, so, so yeah, I, I got for Paul Mitchell, I was a model for them at like this premiere hair show in Orlando, this big convention. And I basically got a haircut while like over a hundred people just watched. It was traumatic. Um, I was fine. But like getting a haircut is really vulnerable. Like that's, especially for like me, a guy with a long giraffe neck, like I have a whole cover. It's just my neck and my head and they're just shaving away. Um, but the barber that did it is Tyler Perry's personal barber. barber so I thought wow. that was kind of interesting. Yeah. It was a good yeah. haircut. You're getting paid to get your haircut. It's a good haircut. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, you know. I once, um, the guy that was the hairstylist on what not to wear, mm. I can't remember his name, but he has a salon in Soho and it was right beside my office. And I got my haircut in front of like the school at one point. I did not get paid. Didn't know that was an option, but he like did my hair and everybody was like, oh my gosh, it's such an honor. And I hated the haircut. Like literally I was like growing it out for like years because it had all these weird choppy layers that he was like, and this is going to bring out her natural curls. And I was like, I don't have natural curls. Like my hair is wavy at best. It was a whole thing, but 
it it was very vulnerable because it's like I also feel so ugly when I'm wearing the little like wrap that like there's yeah. never an uglier moment in your life. It takes, it's like your chin becomes non-existent because mm-hmm. it's just neck and chin, so you just yeah. blend in. And your hair looks awful, obviously, because they're chopping it off and it's not done. So it was yeah. it's traumatic. You get it. Mm-hmm. Oh At least you got paid. That's cool. I did. I haven't been paid yet yes. because yeah. I don't know if people know this about modeling. You don't get paid for like three months after you do your gigs. It's weird. Especially without weird. an agent. I don't know if you have an agent. I but do. It's like, okay. And my agency is like, do not contact us if it's been less than three months. And I was like, yep. okay, Caitlin, thank you. Dang. <laughs> um, well, we would love to hear. We're so excited for you. We'd love to hear your good girl origin story. Okay. Well, hello everyone. My name's Adam. I'm a Leo. Um, I was born at the ripe age of zero um, in the middle of Indiana. Um, Cornfields, as far as the eye can see, uh, Sid gets it. Um, Basically, I was born into a very like stereotypical run-of-the-mill good old midwestern catholic family like it is how it gets i'm the youngest of four we've got three older siblings my mom was the youngest of seven i have 36 first cousins on one side 10 cousins on the other side like huge family um my family were like it's mass every sunday it's sunday school after mass my mom was the dre which is the director of religious education so she was like the head honcho of sunday school so like that was kind of like fun for me because I like had someone who was important like do you know who my mom is like she's in charge of, of Sunday school so that was really fun um I always like to talk about how my family um are vacation masters so like it does not matter where we are in the world what vacation we're going on like there's a Catholic church somewhere and we're going um and that has honestly like it brought a lot of like really fun experiences in my life because we would just go to mass in random places, sometimes in different languages. It's just whatever. Um, we went to mass one time in like the Chicago area. We pull up to this giant, beautiful cathedral and the doors are locked and there's a sign that's like mass this way. And then we end up going into the basement of the cathedral to have mass because like they were renovating the cathedral. Very strange. So um, j- just very that. Faith is like, was a part of each and every day. It was just like what my family like had. That's how we got through our lives. That's what we based everything on. Um, And that's what that was. Part of that was when I was in second grade, um, my parents chose to move us out of the public school system because where we were living, just it wasn't a good situation. Um, And that is when my oldest sister went to the Catholic high school that Sid went to and that I went to. And all of my siblings. And then I was homeschooled from second through fourth grade. And then in fifth grade, I went to this Christian school that was like, I don't know how it was legal because it was technically homeschooling, but it was only three days a week. Um, And they would like give us homework for the other two days. But like my ADHD brain would just do it in class like the next day. So I just had two days off every week, which was great four-day weekends all the time. I had 10 in my grade from sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. There were 10 of us in my class. Um, And then before that, when I was homeschooled, we went to a co-op. So I was there for two days, which is like where all the homeschoolers go. We take class and we do work outside. But like, that was it for me. A lot of other kids had parents that like schooled them and were really strict about it. But like my mom was just like, as long as you're like keeping up with your 
learning, et cetera. Like she wasn't stressed about it. So I would literally go to school for two days a week, have three days off pretty much. Um, and it was really great. Um, and then ask, high school, Adam, was yeah. That like, was that like your choice or that was kind of like the only option? Like that's like, that's no, what you're doing that, and you're that's, doing that. That's just what we're doing. Cause that's what it kind of always was not in like a demanding harsh way from my parents, but it was just like, my like it's a big thing in my family like we don't make decisions lightly it's like you consider every option like this is like the plan that my parents laid out because they thought it would be best for us and honestly like sometimes it was sometimes it wasn't toss of the dice Mm -hmm. so it was just like this is what you're doing you don't go to public school anymore we're doing the homeschool thing now we're doing the christian school thing which was so much better than the homeschool let me say um and then even for high school like it was just that's what we're doing. We're going to this high school that's 45 minutes away um, for better education, for Catholic education. Um, My sister kind of got the brunt of that who was in Sid's class because she went through public school, kindergarten through eighth grade. And then it was like, okay, you're going to this new high school, pack up and go. So that was really tough for her. Um, But once we kind of broke through, we kind of like, I don't know, we just went, which is what it was. I've never been too picky about that kind of stuff. I was like, okay, we're doing this. Great. Let's do it. Um, To get some like perspective, I have known that I first met Sid King when I was seven years old. I don't think you've conceptualized that, but I was definitely seven years old. So I was looking for photos of me doing high school theater for a party that Becca hosted. She hosted a Jimmy Awards viewing party and um, everybody had to send photos of themselves doing high school musicals and then everybody guessed. And so I was on Facebook and I was like, this is a photo of Adam. We're sitting in Natalie's kitchen. Remember when we had that like random baking party that was just the three of us? Mm-hmm. you me and Natalie you a seven-year-old and then me and Natalie high schoolers yep. we were like babysitting you for some reason I don't really remember yeah. I was staying with Natalie's family for the weekend and so was my okay. sister but she was like gone for the evening or right which is like yeah. oh, okay and so I sent her these photos I was like these are photos I took of Adam when he was literally seven and I have to find the photo of the who's Tony after party because that is like the day it all began do you That's how do you remember that I was one. like so high schooler this is a part of the good girl origin story is I am the eternal little brother I am the youngest sibling of like youngest of three older siblings like my mom was the youngest, so she gets it everywhere. I was taken everywhere with my mom. Like I had no like option. I didn't need one. I was like a kid, but I was just everywhere. I was with my mom at work every, almost every day at the church. And then I was with my mom after school, like at rehearsals for my older siblings. Um, and then my mom helped out a lot with the theater department. So like every tech week, every show day, I was there just hanging out. So there was one show, it was my sister's sophomore year, my brother's freshman year um that they were all in and the cast party was like open to like the family so like we went and it was this like this big mansion it was like really cool because we were not Um, doing literally anything illicit I think we Adam do you remember no blanket rules yeah yeah no no blankets okay thank you because because literally there was not even a blanket like it would be cold in February, it was like no blankets because no bad blankets. things happen under blankets. And it was Thank weird you. because yeah. the 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 mansion that this that this party was that had like 1970s conversation pits, like in the basement <laughs> where it's like sunken in floor and like a booth couches, but no blankets, like none. So I just mm-hmm. remember being there, super cool. There was like 
a like statue that you lift up and press the book button and the bookcase moved like that was lit um and then I just remember clinging on to Sid and Sid friend Natalie and just like the whole night just like hanging out with them and like spending time with them because like they were my sister's friends so I thought that was like so cool that like I was like knowing like my sister's friends so yeah that's my memory of that night I actually have very distinct memories of like that whole era um because then like shortly after that like my sister and brother like they moved on in their high school career um did all the shows like they did like almost every show like Sid was in them too um and then there was one summer where we were hosting vacation bible school at our church and like my mom was in charge of that every year because like she was in charge of sunday school so sid and natalie and like another friend from from the high school like got to come and live with us for the summer for a week it was like one week where they like stayed and then helped run the vacation bible school and that was like the coolest thing in my life like it was so cool that's just a little memory i have but yeah so like i'm the eternal little brother i was dragged everywhere i was everyone's little brother like everybody knew me because i was just like the little tiny kid running around with orange hair like you can't miss me so i love yeah. that as a youngest child i'm the youngest of three but i really relate and my mom's actually was the youngest too and i feel like that i don't know i feel like there's like a bond when you're like i'm there the baby is. you're the baby yeah <laughs> We and get my it. mom and I definitely had that because she was the youngest like she had the exact same childhood because her sibling above her is seven years older than her um mm. so there's like a significant gap so it was like always me and my mom I was at the church I was at the school we were in the car because we lived 45 minutes away crazy um so I always said that I kind of got to like go to high school twice because I got to go when my older siblings like were in high school because I was always there and then I got to go to high school but the high school that I went to is a completely different high school that Sid and my older siblings went to, even though it's the same exact school, completely different schools, completely different experiences just on how like things changed over time. So how much um, younger than Sid are you? What's, what's our age gap? Seven years. Okay. So. Yeah. A lot years, can change in seven years. Well, for context, the school, my sister, who is four years older than me, was the first full graduating class. So she started as a freshman. Oh, I didn't know and that. And the school had only opened two years before that. My That's parents always kind of a the, weird vibe. <laughs> my parents were on the school, like, fa- like helped found the school. And my yeah. mom worked there a long time. But she, like, yeah. our, both of our families, I will say, were like staples of the community, mm-hmm. especially theater wise. Yes. Um, and I think that definitely influences your experience. And I completely believe that you went to a different school than I went to because I went to a different school than my sister went to. And I had right. the same experience where like I lived her high school years. I was I was there for every rehearsal because my mom was on the costume team. Like my dad was the fight choreographer for Pirates of Penzance. Yeah, like it was a very specific, like kind of all American, but extremely religious and extremely so, conservative. Very experience. much both of those things. Um, yeah. Sid mentioned the idea of like staple families. That was like a real thing because the community was not small. It was not, uh, not big. I mean, it wasn't big, like the Catholic community in the area, like the three towns, like that were all next to each other. Everybody's Catholic and you, everybody went to one of the churches. So when your family starts at that high school, the, all of the kids go through there, all of them. Yeah. Not to be stereotypical, but they're huge families. So it's huge. like, no, yeah there'll be like 12 years of mm-hmm. Van Adders like right. and for every all of the 12 years at least one student is there so like that's yeah. kind of like a unique 
huge family community kind of experience is that absolutely you have all of this pressure, which I won't speak for you. I mean, like I only mm-hmm. had it for four years plus my mom, but you also had it like yeah. your parents plus all of your siblings. Yeah. Yeah. Cause my family had a 12 year legacy at the school, basically from my oldest sister through me. Um, Cause then I was, I graduated in 2020, which was like COVID year. And like, that was it. And that's the school. And then now the school that I went to is a completely different school than what it is now. And I've only been out of there for like almost four years now. So that's wild. Sorry to age myself. Um, But yeah, so I went to the Catholic school. We're long-winded story there. But I went to the Catholic school. I was like really involved with anything. Like um, during my freshman year, like I was in like a club where like we would say the rosary after school every day on Fridays with like the government teacher who is just a light in the world. Like one of the most joyous people I've ever met. Um, I was in, in high school, I was in a youth group that was called ACTS and it was specifically an apologetics youth group, which if you know what apologetics is, like it is the like defense of the Catholic church, like defense against the dark arts. Catholic edition. Um, so every Monday night, it was you go to someone's house at Acts, and then somebody poses a question. We've got the Bible in one hand, the catechism in another, and it's defend the faith. Like, go do it. And me being like, I love to argue, love to win, like, I was really good at it. Like, I was a really good apologist. Um, and in theology in general, because I've struggled with it so much, I've become addicted to learning about it. And I had to learn like every reason, everything. So like, there's a lot in Catholicism that like, I can like just go on and on about because I like had to know it because I needed to understand like why everything was going awry. And I was trying to like convince myself that it was okay. Um, if that makes sense, you got to like yeah. know your enemy basically. This really um, brings us back to mock trial. I feel like that's like yeah. Catholic mock trial. Catholic <laughs> mock trial. That's exactly what it is. I feel like Becca's seen me do this, like do those weird apologetics things. Like literally something switches in my brain and I'm like, we, we've talked about this where like people say um, like Catholics worship Mary and I'm like, no, 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 we don't. Absolutely we actually really not. Don't. We revere and, her and honor her. Right. It's like, it's kind of like an admiration thing. Do you even know what like respect is? Because actually as Catholics are very respectful and da, 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 da. And like, it, like it's something inside of me. Like, my blood yeah, starts to boil. And I'm like, I haven't voluntarily stepped foot in a Catholic church in 10 years at this point, I think. Wow. And um, like, but still to this day, I'm like, no, we defend yeah. Mary in this household. <laughs> Mm-hmm. her me and her fiance or her husband I guess at the time it was your fiance we like got into a fight with Becca they yeah, okay on they got siblings. they got up in arms about whether Jesus had siblings which no Becca did. <laughs> she did not Catholicism well, says no okay. Joseph had kids yeah he had had she siblings was, it was so funny though because I we're having this whole conversation they're like he did oh said you're kind of frozen They got so worked up. She broke Zoom. Her computer combusted. God smited this Zoom because I said Jesus had No, but I get that. Um, especially what Sid was saying of like something in your blood changes. It's like a switch, your tunnel vision, and it's like everything because it's so 
hammered in and so like practiced and routine that it's like you know these answers and you mm-hmm. can answer them fluently. Yeah, like, that's fascinating to me. Like yeah. I'm curious. So I grew up Methodist. I'm curious, like people who grew up like strongly evangelical, like I wonder mm-hmm. if they have similar because I feel like they're always on the defensive too. So yeah. it's like I don't and know. I'd just be curious thing. to know like which sects of religion are actually like you know arming people with knowledge to defend themselves and I have had like so many evangelical um more non-denominational friends and they do they're always like armed with answers but the thing with it is that they have no like central authority if that makes Mm. sense of like what they're basing it off of like a lot of it comes from specifically from scripture and from the bible which like is objectively interpreted yeah um Oh, but don't tell them that. No, exactly. (laughs) But then with Catholicism, we have like the, the, the catechism is what it's called. And it's like the book of doctrine. Cause in Catholicism, they talk about like, you have sacred scripture and sacred tradition. And those are the things that like make Catholicism work and sacred tradition is everything that like the popes of years past have interpreted from the bible and then made like letters about and that's like the rules like that's the rules church that we talk about mm-hmm. like the rule yeah from from the from the catechism the pope is infallible he that's is true. a man that whatever he says is right and if you do not well, agree with one man Sid, you are going to hell too bad let so me sad. correct you there there real quick with my with my apologetics the pope is infallible when he is sitting on his chair speaking on matters of faith but not when he's just walking out walking about but not no not when he's at like trader joe's like <laughs> yes no that is, that is always what they'd say they'd be like if he said purple was his like purple was jesus favorite color that's not true but if he said you're going to hell if you're a homosexual that's absolutely true that's absolutely true well you're only going to hell if yeah, you act sorry. on it oh right only if you act on it and only that's you... how we lead into what makes me sad yeah. you, you're crushing this <laughs> <laughs> we should have fans of the podcast on every week because this is I great you, i listen every week like, i was, I was like you it. came prepared i feel like you've yeah. been taking notes since the first I episode notes right here <laughs> like i've i've been ready i um, love it so what made you sad oh i had this little note that i was going to talk about um i was reflecting while watching the jimmies about like theater and like theater's impact on my life and i was like can we talk about how theatrical mass is like mass uh-huh. is theater pageantry like I like would look for the like everything to like you know make mass a little spicy like palm Sunday, you get a prop you get a little palm Mm -hmm. and you get to like well especially as choir kids we were like it's like of course I'm going to mass I'm going to perform for an hour exactly and And that gives you something to do sat in front of the whole congregation and everyone was watching us the whole time there is I I try to explain to people like oh I've performed like on big stages it's nothing compared to singing the psalm in front of like 600 people at St. Maria Goretti Uh -uh. that is said said, I gotta say you've seen the church I grew up in we used to walk down that aisle playing the violin for the Christmas show yeah. that I my mom reminded me of that recently and I was she was like maybe it was before the wedding it was just like kind of a joke she was like oh if you could walk down the aisle playing your violin like this will be a piece of cake and I was like that is without a doubt like 
as a comedian, as a person who like puts things on the internet, that is the most theatrical thing I've ever done is walk down the yeah. aisle playing my violin. <laughs> Literally. And then can we talk about how so how like an ego boost it is like after you've sung the psalm at mass and everyone's coming up to you, especially the old ladies, and they're like, you have such a beautiful gift. Like God has blessed you with such a beautiful gift. And I was like, I know he has. Thanks God. <laughs> really quickly before we get into your what made you sad. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we've had other people on that feel this way. And I need to know if you do. Do you think Catholicism gave you a superiority complex? Yes, because guess <laughs> what, God. mama? It's the one in Holy Catholic Apostolic Church. Who started this shit? Peter. Peter started How this shit. How are we shit. supposed to be humble? Lead with humility, know. serve with love, trust in providence. I'm like, oh. the humility part, tough, tough, tough. That's the motto of our Catholic high school. In case that you is the motto. Um, yeah, it, no, seniority is like, ooh, superiority complex. It's because then that's also like a thing that I would do with my apologetics brain. I was like, well, your argument's invalid because you're not the one true church and we are the one true church. And why are we the one true church? Because we're the number one and the reformation happened from us. Boom. And it was, yeah. And it was like, I pretended I was open-minded because I knew that they couldn't be wrong. I was like, I'm open mm-hmm. to hearing your opinion, but like deep down, I know you can't be wrong. And I, like, I, or like, sorry, you can't be right. You can't be and right. I can't be wrong because I am on God's side. And I'm like, this was not healthy. Mm-mm-mm. And it's, uh, anyway. yeah. And it affects so many things. Like we have an issue with mansplaining in this country because of this like this is why mansplaining exists is because of like indoctrinated religion like because we gave a man (laughs) we gave a man a throne and a microphone and a gown yeah and a little outfit but yeah i totally agree um right yeah so so what makes me sad yes i think yeah that i think that's everything um good so let's set the scene it's Indiana. We're in the middle of the country. Seven-year-old Adam is just running around with his red hair and just like he's at the church and all doing these things, hanging out. He'll be like seeing a crucifix and he'll be like, wow, like Jesus is ripped, like always. Like, and then he's like at the grocery store and he'll be like walking down the clothing aisles and oh, I want to look like that underwear model one day. Yeah, that's what I I want to look like. That that's why I'm so like curious about these packagings because that's what I want to look like, right? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then you just like like it just carries on, and then suddenly there's just like a switch that it's just like boys, me, and it's just like instantaneous. But what I'll add to that is I didn't know because I knew like. I knew I was gay from such a young age, but I had no idea what it was because we come from a place in this country that is so secluded and so walled in by just like traditional beliefs, like think about them what you will, but the objective fact is that it's so like secluded that I didn't know what gay was. I didn't know it existed. I didn't know people like that was a thing. And I remember very distinctly the first time I ever witnessed something queer ever. And it was um, the Glee season one finale, which I was not allowed to watch Glee, um, but I loved to listen from the top of the stairs because I loved the the music. And like, I was allowed to do that. I was allowed to listen to the performances. 
Um, but there was one day, the Glee season one finale was on and my siblings were watching it in the living room. And I was in the kitchen and they just won nationals or whatever, or it's regionals, whatever season one is. They walk through the high school, they throw the confetti and it's like panning on all the characters. And then suddenly Brittany and Santana, they grab each other, they lean over and they kiss. And all I see is two girls with little cheerleading outfits and these little high ponies and they're kissing each other. And it was like, boom, 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 neural pathways. Like, like when the spider bites Spider-Man and like all his cells change, like in Twilight, when her like blood cells change, like I went through a transformation in that moment. And I was like, this is real. Like, I'm not crazy. Like, this is a real thing. Um, and that's what it was. But like, you have to understand, like, it's, it doesn't exist because it's so not okay in these areas that they have erased it from existing and this was 12 15 years ago that's not a lot of time like if you look at where we are now and look we are then like that is not a lot of time um so that was basically that it's very boring cliche but like the origin of my sad story is like growing up gay and queer in like this such deep-rooted tough community um uh, and I went through the phases of like central Indiana gay. Like I was so homophobic. Like you have to be, you have to be so homophobic. Cause if you know, especially if you know, like you have to be. And that's one of the main reasons I was so into apologetics is because like I needed to know why that this wasn't okay. When I can give you every answer under the sun, why Catholicism like frowns upon like same-sex relations like I can like I can talk about like the deep things about like disorder desire and the opportunity like the list of opportunity which is not like everyday Catholics don't even know about that you have to like go digging for that um because I was just like I need to find out everything that I can to understand why I can't live this way um and that's really hard for a 15 year old like a 12 to 15 year old to have to do um, so that was like the, the, the brunt of it. Um, so basically from like age, like 12 through my freshman year of high school, it was just something that I knew I was, but I wouldn't acknowledge it. And I would do everything in my power to one, make people understand that I'm not okay with it. And two, to like, make sure the people that I know who were that way knew they were wrong which is like really like sad and like toxic and something like I hate that a version of myself in the past had to do, but like it's a defense mechanism because like, yeah, you, ha you have to. Um, so that's, that was, that was really tough. Um, and then in like sophomore year high school, I started meeting more people who like, there's two older friends I have in mind. Um, that they were older than me, but I was friends with them first and like really close with them. And then I learned that they were queer. And that was like, oh wait, they're not evil. They're just queer. And that's like, you have to like learn that like, it's not like the person is not evil. And then it transitions to the, oh, well the person's not evil, but the action is. And it's like that whole pipeline. Um, and that just made me really sad, really low points, really tough. And then by my junior year, I just had this like whole like revelation where like I just couldn't do it anymore. Like it was so hard, like so like 
if you ever if like you've heard of the musical bear like it's a like kind of underground musical like it's very telling of like my story it's basically about like gays in a catholic school anyways very much that vibe um and i just kind of broke and i couldn't do it anymore and i kind of like told my closest friends that i was bi because i was like oh if i tell people i'm bi that's only half as bad it doesn't work that way um people don't care so then i started to do that and then there's one distinct moment where i told my best friend at the time who i would always get bullied for being gay even though i wasn't out it's just like happens it's me um but i told him at the time because he had like kind of bullied me too and then he was like taken back for a bit but then he was like oh but you're my best friend a month later he comes out to me and I'm like oh okay look look where we are now yeah loser um so that was it and then that kept happening because I came out in school I then became the person that everybody was coming out to um it's like a huge deal for our area like I know you I've kind of tried to say it but it's there are the amount of people I mean it's not a huge amount it's a statistically normal amount of people who have mm-hmm. come out since leaving our high school is very big there are trans people who have gone to our high school and like the amount of people who are out in high school I mean no one the four years I went Mm-mm. like no one came out so that's eight years yeah. no one came out you couldn't no one be. was gay um, no one was there yeah. I'm not saying I'm the first person to come out like by all means I'm not there were people because like like I said there were the two people that were out before me that like helped me understand that like I wasn't gonna burn forever um so but I definitely like I my coming out it just because I was like I mean I was a theater kid I was there like and I was a choir kid like every I was at rehearsal before school during school and after school like that's how it is and especially in that like theater realm like I was friends with everybody because I genuinely like liked everybody. Um, so people were already comfortable with me. I came out and then they would start coming out to me. Um, so that, Can I ask a question? Yeah. Did you come out with a post with the Starbucks fresh frappuccino? I did. I certainly did. It was a milkshake from oh, the, milkshake. the ice cream tra- the I from the ice cream shop that I worked at in high school in the summer. And it was like a rainbow milkshake. And I was like with my girlies and the caption was like, girls aren't the flavor for me, but they still run the world. Like that was mm-hmm. the, that That's was the great. post. Um, Which is that really was great. A choice that I made. Um, and it was, if I could go back in time, it was a choice that I would unmake. Um, because once my gayness circulated to the family, that's when it got a little iffy. Um, Mm. which is really unfortunate just because like I have and still do have a great relationship with my family but like it's just the way it is when you grow up in that area you have that like Catholic foundation it's just the way it is like I can't Mm -hmm. expect them to change and I will not tolerate them which they haven't like expecting me to change for for whatever reason Um, I always go back to I would always remember like a part in the bible where jesus says like you have to meet people where they are um and that's kind of how i live my life especially with like people that are close to me that aren't like really cool with the whole queer thing like you just have to meet people where they are because i care more about the love than i've shown that the hatred 
that's thrown upon me. Like love is more important to me and the good memories are more important than opening the door to bad ones. But that does not come without like setting firm boundaries about like what is okay to say to me, what is not okay to say with me. Like, so that's, um, that was that. So yeah, when I came out um, with that Instagram post specifically, it was not, it was not a good time. Um, and I've had well, kids, know like- that um, I screenshotted it and sent it to Natalie. Um, I mean, I like didn't, I don't think I even had your number at the time. I'm not even sure, so. but I sent it to her and I was like, if this means what I think it means, like we were so proud of you. We were so excited for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were like, we didn't even, I don't know. We didn't know how to be supportive from afar. And like, I, I kind of regret that, honestly. Like, I think it's you okay. probably really needed support and I wish I could have like yeah. been there for you, but also like, we weren't really like, we were close, but like, we weren't like, I don't, we, I don't yeah, know. It's, it was a weird dynamic, but, um, um know that like you were supported and you're like feeling love mm-hmm. like Natalie and I were um Natalie and I were very supportive we were very excited yeah, for you I so. appreciate that yeah it was like because there were people that were supportive and then there were people that weren't and that's just how it was um I've had kids like kind of reach out to me and be like hey how do I like come out to my family and it's really sad but in where we live in that community I've been like hey kiddo listen if your family has not deliberately expressed that they're okay with this as a cultural thing, it's not safe to come out to your family. Like, it's just not like, don't like, and if you want to make that choice, like be brave, do that, but understand the risk because if it's not safe, it's not safe. It's not worth it. Wait till you're living on your own and you have the deadfastness to be able to make your own, like support yourself basically. Um, now that being said, I never faced like anything like I was so lucky to never face any sort of like threat of being disowned, being kicked out, being like any of that. That's not an experience that I face, but it is something that a lot of people do face, which is really sad. Um, but again, you have to meet people where they are. I'm not, I can't control people's like opinion, like viewpoints, their upbringing, et cetera. I just know mine and how I can like affect them just by existing. Um, and that's ended up what happened. So yeah, I came out in high school and then other people came out in high school. And then this is where it gets really fun. We then kind of had a secret society of all the gays at the school. And we had a group chat and it was called umbrella because it was an umbrella term. Um, and it was just like all of the queer kids in a group chat. And it was all people that I was already friends with. Like we were all already friends, but then we all kind of like came together we would talk about like things that we were struggling with things that we were not it was very much like movie vibes secret society loved it um now you put a bunch of closeted gay people in a group chat closeted gay arts kids in a group chat it got real toxic real quick real fast because then it would be like oh can this person join can this person join and be like "Mm, they're not cool enough to be in the secret gay club like and I will full like I was very much a ringleader in the drama. Um, so sorry for that. You learn, you grow. You learn, you grow. But yeah, so that was like very interesting. So then it came to like senior year of high school, extended essay time for college apps, and like the prompt I was given was like to talk about a time where you faced adversity and how you got through that. And I was like, well, I grew up in like this really conservative area, blah blah blah. Coming out was really hard, and then I found community in other people with the same struggles, building the group chat, etc working through it together. Submitted that as my college application essay for standard application for uh, Common App. That essay was flagged by our school system, by my English teacher at the time, 
it was sent to the principal, who then sent it to my guidance counselor, who then sent it to my parents. Um, and I was called like into a meeting with my guidance counselor and the principal. And then like my parents were all a wreck about it. Um, and then that essay, I had help writing through a teacher friend of mine who said had the same English teacher um, who I was very close with. Um, and when she talked with me about editing it, she was like, now I have to be really careful the steps that I take because I, this could make me lose my job. Yeah. Um, and I didn't realize how serious that was. Like she didn't know if she could help me edit the essay because like she couldn't risk losing her job. Because I don't know like listeners of the pod and Becca, like there was one prominent story of like a teacher getting fired for being gay. She ended up going on Ellen. She was like a guidance counselor. She was from one of our partner schools in the area. Um, so that is the area we're working with. Like we're firing teachers for being gay. Um, so that was like a whole big thing. That was a mess. Um, this happened in a in the towards the end of my high school career because mine ended early. Um, so this whole like essay thing went awry. I was getting like called to the principal's office. Like it was very traumatic. And then COVID happened, and boom, school shut down. Go home, and then I had to go right home to living at home after like all that had like unfolded, and then was at home for months and months and months, um, which not great for the mental health, which was um, all that. And then once I got through like the COVID like lockdown situation, I was straight into college right after that. It's not a good timeline. I don't recommend like cutting off high school and then isolating for multiple months and then going to college. Not a good idea. Um, got to college. I was so upset by how things ended with high school that I didn't get to finish out. I was like a little stressed because I had just like a lot more family time than would have desired. Love them, but it's, you know, you gotta have some, some distance. Um, yeah. yeah. So jumped headfirst into college. Um, it was not good for me because I was trying so hard to run away from all of that, that I ran in the opposite direction, um, fell into like really bad drinking habits, made like a lot of really stupid poor choices just because like, you don't learn some of the things you should learn when you go to a Catholic school. Um, and that ended up leading me to, I had to leave college basically um, just because it was, uh, it was very messy situations there. Um, and then I was home again. I found myself trapped at home again for six months, like mega depressed because I had worked my ass off to get to the musical theater program I was in, which is like a very good program. Um, and then I was like, everything was gone. I was back home. And then I worked for this uh, dance competition. And I would like as something to do because like my neighbor, her sister owned it. So we would travel to different cities and like host the dance competition. And one of the people on my crew was my um, current roommate. And she lives in Orlando and works and is a performer there. And she like told me about Halloween Horror Nights and um, invited me to come try that out. And then I ended up getting a full-time job, uh, like a serving job at Disney and then doing Horror Nights and then transitioning to Disney Entertainment. And here we are, that's the story. Wow, that's a wild last three years. Yeah. 
but happy in, happy ending it's or so happy, happy now ending. yeah yeah it's like a bit yeah like you're so, you're thriving yeah i really am trying That's to awesome. at least but yeah it's very wow. cool well that's all i mean it's that's a lot but that's super yeah. interesting and we really yeah. appreciate you like being super vulnerable because i know that's not always easy yeah. to do i'm it's curious when you were saying like the school had changed so much from when sid mm -hmm. was there to when you were there i'm assuming it got more conservative it got more conservative but less religious but religious mm. in the sense of genuine authentic religion um, when Sid was there and when my siblings were there, it was a very religious school, but actually like actually religious, like people, there were people who were very steadfast in their faith and very pure. And they like the popular kids were those who were like, really, like really religious and spiritual leaders. Whereas my school, the religious people were the, they were very showy, very flashy. People were very annoyed by them. And then we also had like popular popular kids because one shift that did happen and I will accredit the downfall of the school to Sid's mom leaving um, because Sid's mom was the director of admissions and when the new board took over they did not reject people into the school and it used to actually kind of be a little difficult to get into the school there was like an actual application process but then it became like you can come here and what happened with my era is that parents of troubled teens, religious or not, would send the troubled teens to our school to like get fixed because it was like a religious school. Um, so it was like a lot more things that went on when I was in high school would have sent Sid and her classmates to the grave. We had a lot of drama. Like every year there was a new scandal in my class because like the first year there was a girl who ran away but also was semi-kidnapped, a girl from our class. Because... Um, like her boyfriend was like if you don't come with me I'm gonna like end it um like himself like really bad so like she like ran away like got to California like missing person she's like 14 years old like big deal and then sophomore year there was something that happened I don't know junior year was the cheerleading video and senior year was COVID so it was like every year what's the deck of, of scandal gonna pull and yet our, um, the leadership at the school was like, what we need right now is conversion therapists to come speak at the high school. That's the most pressing issue here. Um, the way that the can, when the conversion therapist came to the high school, like, uh, specific parents were like really encouraged to go. If you're getting what I'm putting down, like really encouraged to go, um, which is like, really just like stupid um I never had to like deal with any of that which is so blessed to have not like had to be put through that but even if I did like I just like have my but I'm a cheerleader moment I guess um uh yeah so yeah crazy things at my high school like different different world like kids are doing drugs and they're writing diss tracks and party and you're like, I would really just like to be the cat in the hat. Is that too much to ask? Um, I would have liked to be the cat in the hat for more than one night um, because You COVID had to do it though. You did in fact I get did. to do it. I did. Wait, did, did COVID happen during your senior yeah. play? So, oh, so no. our my senior year musical, it was opening night was the last day of school. So they oh let us gosh. have our opening night and that was it. It was a nightmare show. I hated that show. I was fine with it. But 
I did want to <laughs> have my final moment like because like you know I like had dreamed of like having the last bow that was like oh totally for me. I wanted that last bow because I'm actually like not to brag I can't say this anymore because I didn't get my degree but I am the first from my college to go from my high school to study musical theater performance like specifically like cool. performance yeah um didn't get the degree but don't need it because I'm booked um you're booked that's I'm the end goal you're just like yeah. less debt more booked <laughs> no debt yeah, yeah like, that's great, great. So, but yeah, wild times in, in the high school. That's crazy. Wow. I'm reeling from that story. Well, anything else you would like to add before we jump Um, into the good girl glossary? What made me sad? Oh, I should like turn it around, make it a little happier ending. Obviously. Yes. I'm thriving now. Um, to touch on the religious drama thing, there was one thing I wanted to talk about, um, this is a common experience that I've heard that people have, but I most recently got back from a trip to Europe. Um, and it was like, it's the first time I've been to Europe. It was really like amazing and cool. When I had pretty much cut myself off from religion, like as a whole, not even Catholicism, religion at all. Cause like I couldn't deal with it anymore. Life was in shambles. Um, I went to Europe with two of my cousins and um, my one cousin had just asked that like we could go to mass on Sundays. And I was like, that's fine. Like we can do that. When I went to mass, like in Europe, I had like a spiritual awakening that was like really like kind of profound and crazy. Um, And it's not necessarily for Catholicism, but just like spirituality as a whole of like, I have to believe in something because like, I can't believe in just like particles exploded and now we're here. I think that like that might've been triggered, but like, just like the idea of like, I think for any person, it's important to have, like, a belief in something, like, whether it's, like, I, like, him, like, any, any sort of anything, doesn't even have to be an organized religion, just, like, a spiritual sense, because, like, there's stuff going on that's outside of, like, our physical nature, um, so that was really healing for me to, like, be able to step in a Catholic church and not want to, like, hyperventilate and cry, um, so that was really kind of fun, so now I'm kind of on just like a little spiritual journey, figuring out what works, what doesn't. Very slight. A big thing about that is I was reflecting on how like with Catholicism specifically in the US, like there's no beauty anymore in Catholicism. Like the churches are boring. They look like warehouses. The music is bland. Like it's not, it's or it's like stupid. But in Europe, it's like beautiful choral music, like organs, beautiful cathedrals and churches. Like I think that like, that is how God would want to be like worship. If he wants that, he wants like the beauty because he gives, I guess he gives people the ability to like create art. So we should be doing that. So it's very hard for me to like want to even think about practicing religion in the States because it's so mundane. Just a little thought. Spiritual journeys, have one. I love that. I'm glad you said that because we've talked to a lot of people where we've like talked about your journey out of religion and then we mm-hmm. never really like get to where you stand now because we end on what makes you sad and then it's like, oh, it's play game. Oh. So I think, I mean, we, Sid and I have talked about this like a lot of our own, like the more we talk about it with other people, the more we're like, what's our, like, how do I feel about God and religion and all this stuff? And so I don't know. It's, it's interesting to hear. Like, I feel like a lot of 
good girls who have gone sad are on that like return journey of like, yeah. okay, so what do I believe in? Because it's helpful to like believe in something bigger than just me. And um, yeah, I think that's really beautiful. I also think yeah. like we talk a lot about how like how much beauty and art and the gorgeous music and all of those things that come with religion. And like, those are a lot of times the things that we miss. So I think it's cool to be able to figure out a way to appreciate it without like, you know, having to necessarily do exactly what you did growing up. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Now we of would course. like to know if you have an entry into the good girl glossary, which is the yeah. definitive list of people, places, and things that make up a good girl. Stunning. Okay. I do have two, if that's okay. I don't know. I've submitted one on the Instagram because I'm a friend of the pod. I don't know if it's been used yet, but I do want to reassure the concept of spiritual cleavage, which is when um, you have like like the girls on Ash Wednesday who like have the really deep, thick ashes on their forehead and they wear them all day and they take like the really dramatic selfies in black and white or like people who like wear medals, but they're constantly like fidgeting with them to like show people that they're wearing a medal. Like it's very or they wear them that. super short, like a choker. Mm-hmm. So it's like any like religious symbol that you wear to for other people to know that you're really devout in your faith. I always think that was very silly. So it's like your cleavage. Did um, you just- call it spiritual cleavage or have you heard that? No, I coined that term. I that's, love that. That's an also, when I saw it in the email, because I guess I maybe Sid saw that message, but when I saw it in the email, I was like, thinking it was going to be like, protect your heart or like, um, emotional sex, <laughs> something like that. I love that. It's just like, yeah. it's ding. just like showing off like, uh, wow, wow. Like I'm yeah. pious. Like, yeah, that's it. we used to, um, a big thing in the, in Eastern North Carolina was like putting something in like your away message or something, oh. or like in your bio, mm-hmm. I feel like I was constantly doing that oh. or like, very religious like Facebook statuses and stuff like that. Bible like, verse in the Instagram bio. Mm-hmm. Bible verse in the Insta bio. That's the that's the biggest yep. one. Oh, I never this... did that. I, I think know. I always thought that was cringe. I think I really I think I knew that that also like I don't know about you, Adam. I was not a Bible girly. I was like I was not I was a Bible like, girly. No, I, I think, only. Yeah, I, like, I feel like Catholicism is less into like scripture and like well just being like one with the word like yeah, that feels like, very it's like scripture is there and it's very important it's the word of god but like catholicism like they've already interpreted it in the in the catechism so if you have a specific right. question about mm. it just go to the catechism because that has been derived from the bible yeah we, we interesting also, like told there was a danger in doing your own interpretation yeah like i feel like in mm-hmm. like my high like our high school theology classes they were like uh because people would come in and be like well what if gay people aren't the worst and like what if we interpret it this way and they go oh that's very dangerous to think like we only believe what's in the catechism or um adam i don't remember if you remember if they told you this but the things that like consummating a marriage and if you couldn't consummate the marriage that you should not get married like a different like disabled Uh, person could not get married a person who was yeah um, a person Mm-hmm. Um, somebody mm-hmm. who, if you found out after you got married that your spouse was infertile, grounds for annulment, which is like the most we were talking about annulment. Um, actually, um, how somebody's mother, somebody on the podcast, her mom left the church because they asked her to get an annulment. 
instead of a divorce. And she's like, no, like I want to, like, it's really important to me that like, I don't want to erase this thing that I did. Like it was a great marriage. This is a great person. We just like, I want to just divorce them like amicably, like instead of in the eyes of the church, admitting that every, it was a huge mistake and then it never happened. And that's why, and she left the church because she didn't agree with annulment. And I was like, that's interesting because I always thought like they taught us that annulment was almost like a security blanket. Like just in case something were so terrible were to happen, like you would get an annulment. And, um, she was like, no, like, I don't want an annulment. I want to admit that this is just a part of my life. How dare you mm-hmm. ask me to deny that? And that like was really a watershed moment for me a few weeks ago. I was like, yeah, they really spun that. Like, you're lucky you have the gift of annulment. But even still, it's like the annulment is to prove that the original marriage wasn't valid and was it wasn't exactly. a valid marriage. Yeah. So it's why that's the thing with Catholicism specifically, like those little things that like you find out about them and it just slaps you in the face of like, whoa that the everyday Catholic does not know about these things Mm -hmm. um, because it's just easy to practice Catholicism for some people. So that's where with Catholicism, I like don't, I don't fuck with some of that stuff because like, it's crazy, but yeah. Yeah. But but the tradition and all of that, that was always where I really loved it. Like I loved mass. I loved knowing exactly what was happening. Sprinkles of newness, a little Mm -hmm. talk, a little joke, a little Uh stand-up set. Like, and then I got to sing yeah, like all of that was the community was amazing. And then yeah. womp and then the womp. random stuff. And that actually mm-hmm. leads me into my second good girl glossary entry. Oh wait, is... we have to enter it first. Oh yes, okay. Okay. Are you ready to say um, it in unison? We're gonna try to say it in unison. One, two, three. Spiritual, Spiritual cleavage. cleavage. Was I supposed to do that too? Spiritual cleavage. Perfect. 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 <laughs> okay. Now for your second. Second one to just talk about like the whole process of mass and church. It's a uh, church chores and it's like getting involved with an aspect of the church service to like add the theatricality, singing the choir, being an usher, bringing up the gifts. Bearing mass. the gifts is the literally gifts. like absolute slay the boots down house mama like you're it's an that. aisle and you go down and you're like I might oh. as well be doing a cartwheel right now. Like, Everyone's everybody's watching and then the priest bows to you mama the you are holding the gifts and the priest is bowing to you and then you hold i always wanted to hold the wine um because it was always in a fancy like vase it was Um, always in like in a carafe yeah yeah and i got to Uh present it so church chores like all of those things to like be a part of the service and that also like helped the time pass because you get to look forward to when you get to do your job yeah. Did you all have, um, like during the season of Advent, did you have like a family would go up and like light the candle and read yeah. the scripture? I, we did that like one time. And I remember being like, everybody's looking mm-hmm. at us. Like yep. it was, well, it was so would... important to me. And when we joined the church, I was like 13. It was like prime time, just like standing up there. Like, hello, I'm getting baptized at 13. So hello. <laughs> Absolutely had that. You got baptized at 13, Becca? Yeah, because so at my <gasps> church... At my church that we went to growing up, you didn't get baptized. You got christened, which was different, I think. Oh, we've got that too. And then you got baptized when you were like in middle school. And then we left that church when I was like in, when I was like eight, maybe. And so then I got baptized when we joined the church because I didn't want to wait. So maybe I was like 10 because I didn't want to wait until 
I was like 13 when the people who didn't get baptized get baptized when you're when you're confirmed. So it was the whole thing. I remember like thinking it through, like, would I rather get baptized now or wait a couple of years? I think I should just do it now so that I'm not like the weirdo who's never been baptized. But yeah. But at my old church, they dunked you. It was like the whole, <sighs> like there was a bathtub and they dunked you. So my sister got dunked and wow. maybe, my, maybe my brother, I don't know. Full immersion. He got dunked. Now my apologetics brain is like, now did he say in the name of the father and son and the Holy spirit? Cause if not, it's not valid. Yeah, I think they say that. But yeah. actually, I don't remember much from the old church because we left when I was little. Not, like, basically, all I remember is that they dunked you. Why? Yeah. I love your church story. Adam, so, yeah, I was, source. I mean, I was older server for like the entire time I went to yeah. one of my schools, like, like when I was in middle school. But there was one summer I altar served, I think it was 14 Sunday masses in a row. Oh. I was... I was literally an all-star MVP booked and busy. There was a schedule, but like they just stopped scheduling other people. Cause I was like, I am the five thirty altar server. And, um, basically I would show up and be like, Oh, did anybody volunteer? And I'm like, we need somebody. And I was like captain of the altar servers. And let me tell you, it went to my head so, so quickly. I would be like, uh-huh. actually, <laughs> uh-huh. and, uh, I would sit there. So basically for our altar server outfits, we're just a white robe with whatever color rope tied around your waist of the season, mm-hmm. which is a pretty typical altar serving yeah. outfit. Um, and I remember I would walk down the aisle twirling it, basically like it was a pasty and I was a burlesque dancer. I would oh, twirl I do that it too. rope like, bow, 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 mm-hmm. bow. I loved being an altar had a little server. tassel at the end too. Yeah, I know you, it had a little tassel. Yes, it had a tassel at the end. Of course it did. And then you'd sit there and you'd like braid the tassel. Braid and the tassel. You also, got, you also got like, you also got your own special communion. Mm-hmm. And they would you would come up to the side and you'd go, one for me, please. Yum, yum, yum. Mm-hmm. Eat up, girls. Yeah. <laughs> I feel uh, like the um, Protestant version of this. Well, I mean, there's there's like acolytes and stuff. So there's the literal version. But um, I, I've seen this on TikTok of like youth group TikTok, the putting up the chairs at the end of the service. If your church service is like in a gym, which the my church has like a huge sanctuary. But then we always went to the contemporary service, which is in the gym. And so they would put up the chairs at the end or put them out and like there would always be like you know the boys in high school who are like I'll help with that and I I see on TikTok girls are like swooning over the boys that put up the chairs at church that's chivalry in action ladies mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> chivalry in action <laughs> okay well we should definitely enter it church, church chores, chores. those are great oh entries God. thank you amazing those are perfect entries Ugh, loved yes. it okay well adam i know you've been waiting forever but we have written you a oh sorry silly little game i was trying to think of a name i was trying to think of a name but then i saw that you had one i just was like i just panicked and i was like our silly little game doesn't have a name but i see the name now so thank god yes it's called the most sadical place on earth <gasps> and we're going to read you a yelp review Oh. And you're going to tell us if it's uh, for Disney World or Times Square. Yeah, I feel like the full this title is of- literally what is this intersection of my life? I okay, feel like the perfect. full title is Heaven Yelp Me, colon, 
most sadical place on earth edition oh <laughs> my gosh yes. okay disney world or times square mm-hmm. got it oh i hope i'm good at All this because right. i like to win <laughs> not as You've a heard that common experience <laughs> um okay although it may be crowded and chaotic it definitely has a culture of its own Times square or disney world Ooh. i want to say that that is disney world am i off to a bad start edit yeah. this out that was Times square for sure that was Times square <laughs> oh my gosh you got it right congratulations yeah, i knew it <laughs> Yeah, that was about Broadway. So these are all like Times Square institutions. Okay. It's not just, the, or just the block. Square in general. Or just there the, are okay. some reviews of um, like the actual. you can just like, like they, it's technically considered a landmark, all of Times mm-hmm. Square. So you can review just Times Square. That's good. But, I'm going to be so bad at this. Okay, carry on. It's okay. It's, it's actually really important. So yeah, I know. There, well, this, this is the test. Great. Okay. Number two, I went way overboard with how much candy I bought and it is not cheap up to $17 per pound. Is that Disney world or Times square? Oh no. Is that Times square? It is. You're correct. It's the M&M store. You know, what's really embarrassing about that. I just went through every single merchandise location at Disney world. And I was like, there's nowhere that sells candy by the pound, except the confectionery. And they don't do that post COVID. So (laughs) that's great I love I love the thought going into this because you know what this game deserves that much thought it going does into it. that's two very important places it's true mm-hmm. it's great. okay this is a specific restaurant I'll give you that but is the restaurant okay. in Disney World or Times Square okay gotcha um the ambiance was amazing will death come back oh no um the ambiance was amazing will death come back i oh okay i'm gonna go with Times square what restaurant do you think it is i was thinking like rainforest cafe vibes we don't think have of, one of those think of okay. sid king's favorite place if you oh shoot if you've stalked oh, her on instagram was it um uh margaritaville Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's a bonus point. That's a bonus point. So you've made up for the other one. Disney, but we do have it at Universal because Universal. You do have it at Universal. Party. Do you know what else you have at Universal? You mm-hmm. have, you know, the plane that's outside of Margaritaville. Yeah. Do you know that's an actual plane that Jimmy Buffett was riding in when he got shot at by like the mafia or something? It what? is the basis of the song Jamaica Mistaka. Yes. Imagine really almost hard. getting shot and then writing a song, Jamaica Mistaka. <laughs> you do realize every time I go to City Walk now, I'm going to, wh- whoever I'm with, you know, that's the plane that Jimmy Buffett got shot at and wrote J- Jamaica Mistaka in. Okay, great. Thank you for that. <laughs> yes. The thing is, Adam, why else would I tell you except for to make sure that this information spreads? Because I need a little fact. I have to tell people a little, a little fact. fact. I love it. You need a little fact. Have it. <laughs> okay. Obsessed. All right. Okay. My daughter kept keeping track of every time she felt someone was particularly rude, which became humorous to note. That's Disney World because she was talking about cast members. It is Disney. (laughs) Because people love it when cast members are rude because that is not Disney. They get to be right. Because if a cast member is rude, it doesn't matter what it was about. They're right because they were rude. Yeah. Even if they were a rude character? Uh Uh-huh. Oh, well, (laughs) yeah. 
rude character, they're like, goofy. <laughs> doesn't matter. Like, it does not matter. Yeah. Yeah. They're just like, oh. Matter. That was impressive. Awful experience. This is supposed to be a family-friendly place, but the staff is rude and unfriendly. Okay, I'm gonna say Disney World only because of the word staff there. Unless uh, it's a specific no, place that in is Times Square. Once again, the M&M store. <laughs> the M&M, what? The M&M store. Also, is, is the M&M store family-friendly? I mean, we've all seen the green M&M. The green M&M is a slurp. Yeah. She is a slurp. She is a slurp. She's and a slurp. thank you for saying that. We need You're to- welcome, friend of the We pod. need to bring back slurp. For those of you who haven't been around for that long, you can go listen to our old episodes, but our audio is bad. But the vibes are good, and we did coin the term slurp because one time that's what autocorrect autocorrected slut to, and we like that better. So, yes, all the slurps at the M M&M and M store. All the slurps I've loved before. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, this is a quick one. Not good. Disney World. <laughs> no, it's Times Square. No. And honestly, I couldn't agree more. No, I agree for both places. Every time I go there, I'm like, mm, not good. Not good. Not if good. I'm on Main Street USA in the Magic Kingdom and it's like 90 degrees and 3,000 people, not good. Not good. Not I got lost not in bad. Disney World when the only time I've ever been, so not good. Common experience. Everyone's got to do it at some point. They did actually return me very quickly, and my parents were very pleased with the experience. So good. They should write a Yelp review about it. They should. Yeah, they should write a Yelp review. Twenty-five years ago, she took our child to Disney World, and she got lost because she's the youngest, and we weren't paying attention. Titled "Lost and Found: The Magic." Lost and found the magic. Celebrate the magic. Okay. Um, I will not be recommending this place to my friends and family, and I'll do my best to discourage people from wasting their precious time and money to have a miserable time thanks to corporate greed. That is Walt Disney World. That would be Walt Disney World. Times Square. Yeah, no, Walt Disney World. You got me. That's Walt Disney World. Um, Is it miserable? No. It's miserable for people who don't, like, do any research. Like, you got to kind of know what you're doing. Also, if your group sucks, your trip will suck. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. And I mean, no quicker way to find out who your real friends are. Like, I mean, I guess you could like have something tragic happen to you or just go with them to Disney World. Just go to Disney World. Knock it out. Yeah. Yeah. My brother and I have a very short list of like who we will go to Disney World with because simply for the fact that like, if you can't keep up with my six, two legs, like you just can't hang. You're six, two. Yeah. You really should have put that in your bio. Oh, well, I'm six. I had no idea. That's why you're only friends with tall people, Becca. Yeah, but then you gave a wide range of tall people. I didn't know you were at the top of the range. That's yeah, I am at the top of but I'm there is a range that is slightly above me that I can't I can't hang out with them. They're from a galaxy far, far away though. Yeah. Yeah. I am so intrigued. I'm still thinking you're a rocket. I am (laughs) with my six two legs. Are you kidding? No one kicks like I do. But yeah, no, you have to have long legs at Disney World when you go with me. Because like, I'm over here at Test Track. I got a lightning lane for Ratatouille. And that's across the park. And we have 12 minutes. We're gotta go. The experience blew my expectations out of the water. From the moment we walked in, we had an absolute blast. Oh, this one is really tough. 
because there's a lot of things in Times Square. Like they could just be getting turned at the Red Lobster or the Olive Garden and having a great time in Times Square. I am going to go with Disney on this one. It was Margaritaville again. I knew it. I knew it. You Wait, guys, can we, I'm so sorry. Listeners can we do one more? Can we do one more sure. for extra credit? Yeah. Because you did not highlight this, but I'm really enjoying it. So. I'll probably get it wrong. Okay. I wish that alcohol was more accessible here. A few weeks ago, oh, I was here a few weeks ago and it was just difficult to find it. Sometimes a girl's just got a drink. Can that be Times Square? No, it's Disney. Because no, that's so false. <laughs> you know how no, much she, okay. She's else? talking about Magic Kingdom. Oh. It was specifically Magic Kingdom. Yeah. yeah. Also, the second half of sometimes a girl just got a drink was especially when you're surrounded by screaming kids that aren't yours. Uh, that part okay. felt that too right. too on the nose. Well, I can't be good at everything, just most things. I know. Can we? Um, you did great. You won. Can we do a dramatic reading of this Yelp review that you included at the <gasps> bottom? Said maybe we should send it in the chat and we I... should all do it. Yeah. Good, over zoom yeah i think we should each take one line yeah okay okay Stage reading. yes um okay, no pressure all... i know this is your job we're, and we're no. making you do it for free on our we're podcast at but... we're at places um okay i'm gonna put it in the chat paragraph by paragraph because i don't want to spoil it for you adam okay perfect. so i'm going to... is this a disney can you tell me is this disney world no or it's not. is it a surprise this is, okay. this is Times you'll, you'll, you'll know yeah, you'll know pretty immediately. Um, so maybe we should each get a paragraph then... instead of getting a yes. sentence. Yeah. Yes, I think we're going to do paragraphs and I'll put them in the chat as we go. Should I start? Perfect. Bleep yeah. out words. Are we saying bleep or are we saying the words? Oh, uh, you don't have to Perfect. bleep it. I don't think it's not vulgar. Right. Wait, I okay. just realized that I'm not getting the chats that you're sending, Sid, because we're under the same account. And now I'm scrolling up and I missed a lot. <laughs> I thought y'all were private chatting over there. There's two conversations happening, Becca, and you're I, not invited. I didn't even feel left out. I was just like, you know, they're having we're a conversation. We're actually having a party, and we did invite you because we thought you were telling, narking to your mom. <laughs> well, I thought you were gossiping about people I didn't know, but you were, Becca, and I... Catholics only, please. <laughs> well, this is, yeah. this is tragic, though. Confirmed bitches only. Adam, what was your confirmation name? We asked Sid all King, our Catholics. Guess what my confirmation name is. Is it like Aloysius it's, or something? It's, no, it's easy. I studied it in college. The prayer before every Garen show that I know by heart. Oh, it's heart. Genesius. Of course. I know. Little Genesius. St. Genesius, patron saint of theater. I would love that. Um, wait, what is it? Should we do the prayer? Yes. I know it word for word. Are you going to stumble? Yeah, if you, if you started, I think I know. Okay. Dear Genesius, according to a very ancient story, when you were still a pagan, you once ridiculed Christ while Christ. acting on stage. stage. But, but like, like Saul, Saul on the, the road, road to, Damascus, to Damascus, you were, you were floored, floored by, Christ's by Christ's powerful, powerful grace. grace. 
You rose wearing fitness to Jesus. No, you're skipping lines. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You rose bearing witness to Jesus and died a great martyr's martyr's death. Intercede, intercede for your fellow actors before God, God that they that may, they may faithfully, faithfully and honestly, and honestly perform, perform their, roles, their roles and so help others to understand their role in life and thus enabling them to attain their end, in heaven. end in heaven. Amen. Amen. I'm very impressed. Also, um, I love that Sid didn't know all the words, but she had a dramatic hand flourish the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I have a... Go ahead. Sorry. It's like, that is something that gets me going. I should say yeah. it to the mayor every morning. Be like, yeah. you are floored by Christ's power no, and grace. I'm not going to lie. I say it before auditions sometimes. I really do. Because like, it's good. It's grounding. But um, I like my crazy ADHD, like memory. I remember that from just sitting through countless, countless productions at our high school. Because it's said before every I, show. I had it memorized before I started high school. Me 100%. too. Yeah. But bigger flex said, I once led the prayer to St. Genesius without a program even in my hand. I stood there, two hands on the mic. Dear Genesius, very slay. Dear St. Genesius. Dressed as the cat in hat. (gasps) Of Saul on the road to Damascus, yeah. Sala Salu, baby. Sala Salu. I actually just told this story on the last episode um, about how we would like hold hands and pray to St. Genesius like it was actually going to make the show like better. We were like, please do everything you can so we don't miss our cues and then the black lights work (laughs) and everything. Please, St. Genesius. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Should we still do the dramatic reading? I know we've gone over time. Yes. I feel like we have to do the dramatic reading. I think we should do it. It's really good. Really good. Okay. Do you want to kick us off, Sid? I do. Hey, Sarah. So I'm writing this Yelp review because I know you love Yelp. We like read all these all the time. Or should I say read? Because what you did was messed up. We spent a whole day previous to our bubble gump backslash TS adventure talking about how much you hated Johnny. He did awful things like make out with that pug Charlene, who was an actual pug, like actually a furry and shit. Like he's into dogs, Sarah. Ew. Johnny called and you totally left me all alone with 14 freaking Drumbo shrimps and a family of five that looked like they were about to eat me because they were hungry and creepy and totally Wumbo. You remember Wumbo, right? So you leave me and go talk to Johnny outside and I'm sitting there playing Tetris on my phone for what seemed like hours. Yeah, it was only 10 minutes but it felt like forever. Then you came back and say, sorry, Stacey, but I have to go. Johnny needs me. Ew, screw Johnny and screw you. What really sucks is that we didn't get to experience the joy of TS. Yeah, it's hella crowded and sometimes hella smelly. And Bubba Gump was weird and not worth it. But you know it's an experience. We talked about this since we were 10. 10, Sarah. Next time I go to TS, I'm going either with myself or someone who actually cares about me. Like maybe Charlene. I know she's a pug, but she's a good listener. I love you, Sarah, but I also hate you. Maybe one day we can repair the damage you've done, but until then, I will have to enjoy the splendor of the square all by myself. End of review. Boom. Whoa. 
Hey, Sarah. Hey. Charlene is a literal pug. Like, Wait. I thought she meant, like, she was calling someone ugly. But no, I do believe she's talking about a literal dog that Johnny made out with. <laughs> no, because here's the thing. Thank you for sending this because this is a monologue that is going into my book and I'm not joking. <laughs> in this moment, I am not joking. This is a, because this has a moment before. This has stakes and this has partnering. This is a monologue. <laughs> this is a professional monologue. You know what this actually it's kind of reminds me of? Too. Did you know that, um, oh, I, I'm maybe I'm going to become an actor so that I can put this in my monologue. But if you know that sorority letter that went around that was like a girl just like chewing out her sorority sisters. Oh my God, I'll have to find it and send it to you. It's so funny. And like, just hysterical. It's like about what they need to wear. And like somebody was telling some rumor about like how she had had sex with Steve Aoki and I don't know it's so random she's like like, don't be weird don't be fucking weird oh yeah don't be weird don't be fucking weird yes that was it yeah and then they like they did the um parody of it in Scream Queens which like truly best episode of television ever um yeah so good I love you Sarah but also I hate you go ahead there was a lot of there was a lot of reviews that referred to Times Square as the square. And I'm the like, square. that's my new personality. That's oh, you are Rataville in the square? In the square. Rataville um, the square? I honestly think I know she's a pug, but she's a good listener is the best thing I've ever heard. And I'm going to start saying that. Yeah, she's a good listener. That's important. I know she's a pug, okay, but she's a good I'm listener. Too- I'm confused because like actually, oh, like actually furry and shit. I read that as actually a furry and shit oh wait is that not what it is no i think he made out with a dog not a person it's an actual dog i thought it was a furry i thought it was a furry too wow like he's into dogs sarah ew it's also really funny that she said we like read these all the time or should i say red but they're spelled the same yeah she may be a pug but she's a good listener so he's a good listener since we were 10 sarah 10 10 i also um, just love thinking about them planning this experience since they were 10 i know Lord. i know you no no wait actually sorry we haven't revisited you left me with 10 jumbo shrimps <laughs> no 14 jumbo shrimp <laughs> freaking jumbo shrimps Four, with 14 freaking jumbo shrimps and a family of five that looked like they were about to eat me like what was happening there no and this deep this deep-rooted history you remember wumbo right, oh, right. they had a language oh wumbo. gosh I'm you sitting there playing Tetris on my phone. You. I'm going to print this on a t-shirt like people print on the <laughs> AMC ad or whatever. And it'll be oh, like, got that. oh, like, oh, sorry, you don't know about the bubblegum like Yelp review? You don't know about the bubblegum Yelp review? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so embarrassing. You, you may come to this place for magic, but I come for I come for freaking jumbo Eat that, Nicole Kidman. For the experience, Sarah. Oh, we so good. I'll experience the splendor of the square all by myself. Um, well, thank you so much for talking to us for two hours, Adam. Yes. So welcome. Thank this you lovely. for live reading a Yelp review with us, among everything else. <laughs> you have to keep yourself seasoned as a as you an actor. Yeah. yeah. This was so much fun. I hope this was everything you dreamed and more. I am thrilled. I am. This is, this is, this is what dreams are made of. I'm so proud of you. And 
you know, I'm always cheering you on from over here. Thanks, pal. Come to Disney World. Let's do it. Let's yeah. Take, literally, let's just go to Disney World. Adam, um, so the last segment of our podcast is we would like to know if you have anything to put into the offertory plate. Oh, sure. Um, you can follow me on Instagram if you would like, adam.vanatter. That's V-A-N-A-T-T-E-R. Um, it's just me, like in my life and stuff. It's nothing like I'm just, I'm just living. So if you want to follow me there, what I want to plug is my Twitter. Cause like, I'm like, sometimes I have thoughts and sometimes I just tweet them. So my Twitter is at Van Adder Ginger. It's V-A-N-A-T-T-E-R at gin, like Ginger. Um, so that's the socials. And then if you happen to look like Edward Cullen or like Andrew Garfield, go ahead and just call me like that. <laughs> just go ahead and just give me a call. I love that. Yeah. Was an excellent use of this segment. Mm-hmm. I yeah, love like it. Anything you'd like to plug or anything you would like, anything you need people to know. I think that's a perfect yeah. use of the segment. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Adam. This has been a blast. Yes, and... thank you. There's only one yes. thing left to say. And that's would great. you be interested in saying it with us? Jesus, what a call people whores on the, people the, on the internet. internet. Yay! Hi, my my sister told me um, yesterday that her favorite thing is when we say it and people laugh at it. (laughs) Like that, people who have not listened to our podcast come on. She was like, "It just brings me so much joy to hear people (laughs) hear it for the first time." Thanks so much for listening. You can find me, Becca Stevenson, at the Becca Stevenson on Instagram and at the real underscore Becca on TikTok and Twitter. You can find me, Sid King, at Sid period the period King on Instagram. And you can find us, the Good Girls Gone Sad, at Good Girls Gone Sad on Instagram and TikTok. You can also email us at goodgirlsgonesad at gmail.com. If you would like to submit a glossary submission, you can DM it to us on Instagram or send it through by email. Also, if you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, we will mail you a sticker and a matchbook. If you DM it to us on Instagram, just have to give us your address. Five star reviews only, please. Also, don't forget, if you want to drink your morning coffee out of a mug that says Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet, you can do that with our merch, which you can find via our link tree. We would also like to thank Emery Bergman for our amazing logo and Luke Lima for our amazing intro and outro music. All right, there's only one thing left to say. Jesus wouldn't call people whores on the internet. Bye. Oh no, okay.